Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is your official spoiler warning. If you have not seen The Power Episode 4, The Day of the Girls, then and you don't want it ruined for you, and you don't actually, so this is a real one, um, you can only listen to the first bit of this podcast until we do the blurb. Um, this has been your official spoiler warning, but please enjoy this episode. Yes. I hate the word. I Hello and welcome back to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama. It's a podcast where each week myself and my friend Zach get together and we chat about Johnny Legs and everything he's done, including this brilliant, absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Amazon Prime television series, The Power, which we love. Um, spoiler. <laughs> We enjoy this show. <laughs> we do. We're loving it. <laughs> I really am. Uh, my name is Mish Wittrup. You might know me as being the second daughter uh, of Elizabeth Wittrup. Oh. Can I dox my mum like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, actually, there's not a lot of Wittrups. So if someone wanted to find my mum now, they could. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of... I love this thing about Nepo babies where they say... I think the Nepo baby thing is... Um, Weird and uh, um, ill, ill-pointed anger. Mm. It's like it's not it's silly. where you need to. One hundred percent. I get that you're you're angry at the symptom, not the cause. Are you calling me a nepo baby? No, no. It, was, <laughs> it reminded me when you were talking about doxing your mum. It reminded me the the, the funniest insult to people mm. is like um, that I've seen on Twitter. Is like, why are your parents blue on Wikipedia? <laughs> I'm joined as always by my f- friend f- whose parents are famous, uh, Zach Ruane. Uh, yeah, I am the son of a travel writer and <laughs> travel writer and author, mm. Stan Ruane, and um, and uh, actress and theatre director Joe Ruane. <laughs> <laughs> Librarian and uh, a, a natural gas power station employee, both it, former, now retired. It's so funny that you bring up Nepo Babies because I was on TikTok this morning and I came across a Lily Allen video. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Um, and she was asked- um, There's like a lot of Lily it, Allen videos. How does it feel to be a Nepo baby? And she was like answering that question. It is like- People just, I don't know why all of a sudden it's making people so mad. Like, you can't help what you're born into. That's my thing is it's like, yeah, it's a problem, these, like, systems of, but, like, you're focusing on one thing. You're focusing on the performer ones. But what about, like, the banker Nepo babies or the Murdochs? Oh, I, um, for a very, very small period of time in my life, knew this guy that was essentially kind of like a socialite. That was yeah. his job. Um, he was friends with a very good friend of mine. And um, 
I went to a couple of birthdays of his, like his 25th or something like that. So this is a while ago. And he was friends with just obscenely rich early to mid 20 year old women. And they were all the heir, heirs of massive companies. Yeah. And it's like, they were really nice. (laughs) And I would be too, if I was that rich, I would be so lovely to people if I was obscenely rich, but it was just such a different. And I mean, like, it's funny because when I was younger, I used to be like, Oh my God, I'm so poor. Like in comparison to all my private school friends, um, of course I wasn't, but I, th- this um, being exposed to that level of like obscene wealth. It is one of those things I think that there's this double thing, right? People in the middle class don't know how poor someone can be. Yeah. You know, I think we were surrounded by a lot of people that are like, oh, it's so hard and I'm poor. And it's like you have to count your savings when you say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like... But also you have to count your network, your network, your family, anyone that could support you at any point. That kind of counts. Yeah. You know, maybe right now. But there are people that are genuinely struggling. You know, this is the point I'm saying. But there's a lot of people that don't know how poor a person can be in our country. Uh But then also there's a lot of people that just don't know how rich Mm. a person can be. I think there's this thing where, like, um, it's like almost this problem on, like, you know, like people, there's like this group of people that are like, oh, you know, the left want to take my money. It's like, no, 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 no. Like some on the left do, but like a lot of them are talking about like a level of wealth you can't comprehend. Yeah. Like I, I heard this story. This is not funny at all. But um, when we stopped being funny about four months ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I read this story <laughs> Every about- episode for the last four months, we've been like, hey, man, that's just our vibe today. That's okay. <laughs> We're not cracking jokes today. And this that's is our fine. slow descent to Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> 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 I read this uh, thing about how, uh, maybe I've said this on the podcast, but um, the CEO or like a really high up guy at Google, right? Have I told you this? No. This really high up guy at Google. And during- he's my dad. He's my dad. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, no, this really. I've hi- met your dad, and if he was really high up at Google, he's like very modest about it. My mum, my mum gets really bad. My my parents are just like very like uh, middle class, right? Like middle class boomers. They've done well out of being boomers, right? But that's the not, same as mine, you know. Yeah. Um, but they're not. They're not. Whatever. They're normal. <laughs> um, but it's so funny. When you say middle class, that means nothing. Because, man, how many fucking rich cunts have you known in your life that are like, we're middle class? It's like, you're not. You're not middle class. You're not middle class because there's like a big circle around the southeast of Melbourne that you live in. Yeah. And no one there is actually middle class. You're middle class by like British standards. Yeah. But not by... Anyway, um, my... My... Uh, my Parent, my mum always like is like funny about like f- fancy restaurants, right? She's always like, oh, they're always so like wanky and everything, and like they're never wanky to me. And I have a theory that they guess that my parents are richer and hoity-toityer than they are. Yep. Okay. Like they have like my mum hates wanky service, but I think. Yep. That they think. Yep. 
that dad owns a company. He gives. He could give off that vibe. I just there's this assumption that I think they make that dad owns a trucking company. Like it's like he m- m- worked his way up to the top. Yep. But that dad owns like a trucking company. It's not as big as Lynn Fox, but he definitely has a few trucks in his fleet. Yep. And mum hasn't worked for forty years. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they just they go. That's the assumption I'm going to make on that couple, based purely off visual. I can see why. That's my get theory. There. You yeah. know, that's my theory. Um, Whereas I reckon my mum to look at looks like wealthy. She wears very. Yes, loves, yeah. Your mum has yeah, that look. Yeah, she's, yeah. But she's a fucking nurse. Like, do you know? But <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. but she loves that. Like, she loves hoity-toity service. Yeah, yeah. She literally works now to do those things. Like, yeah. th- like she loves. She loves fancy restaurants and she wears – like when my mum gardens, she wears a Gorman smock. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. And she is a nurse. But but the a way Gorman I look at it – smock, Yeah, really? like she, she – and she gardens in clogs and like her – like rough around the house is country road. I love Gorman. Same. I don't give a shit. If people are shitting on Gorman, it's become a thing. Has it? There's this running theme. <laughs> A very funny comedian said to me that Gorman is the uniform of 35-year-old comedians. <laughs> it's very true. That's funny. It's really true. That's funny. Um, because my, the, the thing I'm wearing for my show is Gorman and uh, she pulled me up on it and it was just very, very funny. I reckon, is there anything that would fit me at a Gorman? They're all like they quite feminine cut though. But they, they fit me and I'm a sphere. <laughs> No, it's they, not they, what I meant. It's more most, the cut, the cut on on my I body. Could, not that I have any issue with wearing feminine clothes. It's oh, more they've just got the heaps, cut. mate. Yeah. We'll find you something. Like I went one. to, um, I was looking for a particular kind of jacket for the Dungeons and Dragons premiere, yeah. <laughs> and um, I had this really distinct vision in my not in my mind because I had these sort of really um, high mate, like matrixy boots that I'd just bought. And I, and I had this vision of like a, a long coat, but I didn't want it to look like a matrixy coat. I wanted it to look a little more mm. um, classical to sort of counter the boots. What I really wanted was a Burberry coat. Yep, right? okay. But I can't afford a Burberry coat because they're like... But your dad is so high up at Google. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just ask him, man. I just, can't dad sell one of his trucks? <laughs> Um, and then he explained to me, it doesn't work like that. They don't actually own the trucks. They lease them. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the thing. That's a favourite thing rich people have to say. It's actually, I'm not liquid. Um, <laughs> um, but they, uh, I really wanted this coat, but like I couldn't find it, you know, under a thousand. You know what I mean? Like what I had in my head was a $5,000 coat, right? And most things you can get cheap, but that's one of those things where it's actually kind of hard to find. Yeah. And I kind of ended up having to just give up on that notion. But before I gave up, I was in the men's section at Maya. I went down to the women's section at Maya. And it was this really funny thing where I was like literally just looking for a nice coat that would fit me. And there was, and, and I quite like how, how women's coats come in at the, a good tailored men's coat comes in at the waist. Yeah. But like, like a more a cheaper women's coat does the same thing. I was like looking for that. And I was like, it's going to be hard to find one in my size. But like most people were cool. Like I went to one place and she was like, yeah, tried it on. It was a bit, and I went to um, Coz and the lady was like, couldn't comprehend, (laughs) but wasn't like, you know, like about it. Like, wasn't that like cliche idea? Couldn't comprehend 
that I wanted a, a woman's item of clothing just because I thought it would look nice, not because I was like fabulous and Sam Smith. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, that looks great. I'm like, it doesn't. It wouldn't even like, it, like it doesn't. <laughs> And it doesn't. It wouldn't look good if I was trying to do that either. But the way she was trying to sell it to me, oh, bless. was like this, like, oh wow, yeah, that's gonna be awesome. You can put that in. And I was like, that I, like, I'm here. I'm clearly <laughs> chill around gender. I'm here, but I'm not doing this to be provocative. I just want a nice <laughs> coat, and I don't mind if it looks like a woman's coat. I don't really think, you know, it's all a construct. Blah blah blah. That's but she so was so. Funny. It was so funny. She was just like. Yes, it's amazing. Da, da, da. I was like, I just want a nice trench coat, for God's sake. I have to say, like, I um had to go, I did something for Comedy Festival where I had to buy a man's shirt. Yeah, right? yeah. And I don't shop for my partner or anything. He does all his own stuff. Like, I'm not, of course, I yeah, don't shop. No, for, there's but no, people do, there's yeah. no one in my life, like, that I need to buy clothes for, right? Except myself. And I've never really had to go and buy men's clothing, but I had to go and buy this, this man's shirt. And fuck, man! Like we have so many more options than you do. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's, it's section, outrageous. It's crazy. I went to Maya because I was like, surely I'll find one at Maya. Um, and it was like, there's three stories of women's clothing, yeah. and then half a story for men's, and it looks awful. And the people working there are obviously they've all gotten like one warning. <laughs> <laughs> They've all done something and been given a warning and sent down sent the menswear. To the men's section. And it was just like, and they're all fucking ugly. <laughs> no, there's a lot of really ugly stuff. It's it's really limited range, really limited sizing, mm. like even worse than than um, women's sizing range. And women's is bad. I've got to say though, like, and I haven't actually. I need to write this down one day because I've got. To, I know that every other fat person has like, <laughs> honestly, it goes on this rant, but it's so embarrassing how the difference between in big department stores, women's clothing and then the plus size section, yeah, it's yeah. really embarrassing for them. Like are you like the like honestly, I encourage anyone of any size, just go and have a look because that's what we have to work with. But it's at least fucked. they stopped calling the brands Johnny Fatso in the 90s. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> All the meds reds like big old big boy loves bowling and is a fatty man. <laughs> Did you see um I hate I hate I hate repeating jokes from comedians, but did you see Greg Larson's bit? Uh, I, I, oh I I heard that he's done a bit about it. I gotta go look it's it up. It's so funny. Do you want me to, no, no, uh, I'll go look it up. Everyone go look up Greg Larson's bit on shopping for clothing. It is so I'll check it funny. out. It's on Instagram, yeah? Uh, yeah. Someone I think someone sent it to me, but I haven't seen it yet. Here's the most recent conspiracy. It's not really a conspiracy theory, it's actually fact. I sound like a conspiracy theorist when I say that, but it is. Um, a lot of women's brands have now started stocking up to a size 20, right? So yeah. in the past, it was always to a 14 and some brands went to a 16. Yeah, right. Now, the average woman in Australia is a size 14. That's wild. Wild, right? So for someone like me, who is a size 22, 22, depending, like depending on the brand, I all my shopping was done online. All of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, but then that's the the worst thing because it's like fit is so much like so much more important. Yeah, and uh, I hate shopping online. I yeah. hate shopping online because it's like, how does this look? Yeah, on my body. Don't even get me started. You know, anyway, so all these brands now, really popular brands. Like, I think I can name some. Fuck it, I'll name some. Portman's, for example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Country Road. 
uh, Gorman, Sports Girl, those kind of things, right? They're now stocking up to a size 20. Yeah, right. Gorman's excluded. They stock to a 20 in store. But all these, Suzanne's, all these stores that are now saying, we stock up to a size 20, they don't do it in store. Yeah. They only do it online. It's really fucking weird. And a place like Sports Girl, they go up to a double XL now, which is an 18 to 20, I think. But they only get one of each item in store in a double XL and they're always sold out. I wonder why. But you can't find plus sizes in stores at all. It's really strange. I'm not suggesting that they don't want fat people in their store, (laughs) but it feels that way. Because why else? Why like, oh, they're look, selling? I, think, I mean, I'm gonna say like, oh, no, I'm gonna sound like a real fuck. Like, I think there's definitely an like. I think the biggest problem with brick and mortar clothes. I would never get into a brick and mortar clothing business because it's like stocking is like so hard. So hard. And also, also, this is the bigger thing. I think like off the rack clothing is a bit of a fucking scam. Mm. Like everybody is so different. Not everybody. Everybody is so different. Mm. Everybody is so different. I genuinely think we could do with a bit of a return to tailoring and a bit of a return to just like, I don't know, like it's it's a bit weird that they tr- they try to make clothes like we'll just make this item of clothing and then like make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and not like adjust its cut or mm. anything because there's so many different body types. It's getting oh, yeah. harder and harder and harder to like make sense of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's yeah, just yeah. a bit funny. And as soon as you put on any form, like I'm obviously quite big, but like as soon as you put on any form of weight, the distribution of that weight is different for everybody. Yeah, and then like I carry, sizes just go up. They yeah, don't change. I carry a personally a hell of a lot of weight around my tum and hips, right? Yeah, right. Much more so than I we do. We don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, by the way. Oh, I'm, I brought it up. <laughs> anyway, go on. I don't care. We yeah. can stop if this is boring. I'm just no, no, to no, friend okay. now. Yeah, yeah. Remember when this was a comedy podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, all I'm saying is that my weight distribution is predominantly around my middle. I've got I'm big all over, but my my legs are much smaller in comparison. It's impossible to find jeans. Oh uh, yeah, jeans go up to yeah yeah. That totally impossible. Makes sense. We can stop talking about this if you'd like. No, I don't care. Um, but I'll tell you what I do want to talk about. I just didn't want you to feel like we were in the corner of that conversation. And you no, I don't care. I've talked very openly about it now. Yeah, I'm not. I, I could not give a fuck. <laughs> um, I want to talk about one thing. I have a, a proposal that I, I thought uh, I do could be fun. <laughs> 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 I was wondering, right. If we should start doing the spoiler warning before the we talk about the episode. Why? Because, and this is just something to think about, like just to talk about fun on the podcast, but then we can actually think about it for real. Um, because we don't talk about the episode for the first like 15, 20 minutes of the episode. And like we do this spoiler warning. We're like, oh, don't listen if you haven't watched it. And then we don't talk about it for 20 minutes. So just something to think about. I'll think about it. That maybe we could do something else at the top, something fun. Like this is your Leguizamo warning. If you get too hot and heavy thinking about the greatest character actor in the world. (laughs) Take a break. Have a Maz. Come on back. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, and And then talk and then do the spoiler warning so we're not like telling people to switch off. Before we talk about fucking one pot pasta for 20 minutes. 
Um, I'll think about yeah, it, but I, I hate change. So that, yeah, I know you do. That's that made why me panic a little bit. I thought it would be a funny thing to talk about on pod, um, and then we could have a real meeting about it where you process it. Yeah, okay. Um, my answer, my immediate answer was like, no, please. No, 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 no it's different. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. It's change. It pa- makes me panic. Um, I don't like that idea. I also, but I like opening the episode with something. Yeah, I thought we could do something fun. Mm. It, look, it's just a fun thought I had. Well, no, it's a real thought I had. Was like we're probably telling people to switch off when they they could get twenty minutes of one pop past the gold. <laughs> we could get different listeners of the podcast to send us voice recordings, just saying their name and their favorite John Leguizamo film. See, that that's cute. I like so that much admi- admin, though. And oh, God. Yeah, I don't want to do we've that. We've been struggling with the basics post, Yeah, of I podcasts. can't even fucking post on Instagram. <laughs> I would like to say, for what it's worth, I've been in the middle of Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Zach has been flying all over the bloody shop um, and his bloody TV show came out or whatever. I'm in charge of the Instagram. It's not Zach. And I know that there's been a slight delay on a couple of things and that would be my fault. And I'm sorry. I have been fucking mushy. I'm so tired. That's all I have to say about that. I'm sorry. Oh, you don't have to apologise. No, I do. People get pissy. Yeah, they probably like plan their week around on this morning, I'm going to listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't. You don't? But maybe there are people that do that. Um, but I don't think that, you know, you don't need to apologise. Um, blurb? Are you doing the blurb? Are you texting? Um, I, I just thought of one thing to add. Oh, okay. That's fair enough. Um, Well, why don't we just do an ad break while you do that then? (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. Uh, now we'll be talking about, uh, I'll do my blurb now. Yeah, cool. That was good. That was a good yeah. spot to put the ad. Thanks. This week, we watched episode four of The Power on Amazon Prime. This week's episode was titled The Day of the Girls and was about three of the characters. Tunde, the Nigerian journalist, went to Saudi Arabia to film and witness an Arab Spring-style uprising of of women with the power. Roxy, the British gangster girl who Mish loves, seeks revenge on the men that killed her mother and potentially ignites a cycle of violence outside of her control. Mm. Meanwhile, Ali, the one from the first episode with the voice of God in her head who lives with nuns now, starts to discover the full extent of their newfound power. It had a grime song and a Velvet Underground cover, Mm. which was really cool. Mm. John Leguizamo was not in this episode. Okay. Technically, he was. Okay, cool. Because at the top of the episode, they did a previously on. Yeah. And he was in there, which is why we're doing an episode about this. Otherwise, we would have left it out because he's not in it. But he was technically. I was, do you know what? I was just like cool cool with, that's, that's a great excuse too. I was happy to just sort of say, you know, we're sucked into the power and- it feels whole. It feels like a whole piece. So even if he's not in this episode, it would feel weird to not talk about it. Because a when we did ER, it. we would watch like episode 10, 11, 12, and then 17. But ER's fine, you know? <laughs> ER's like the bulk of ER is like, maybe it's not cancer. Maybe it's 
Labradin. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's syphilis. What are you talking about? No one's had syphilis since 1722. Wow, it is syphilis. The end. Give me a kiss. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you want a kiss? No, I don't want to kiss anymore. The end. <laughs> oh, that's so accurate. That's um, great. Fuck, man. This episode was real powerful, eh? Yeah, it was. It, it was, was just a lot. That. I th- find it really interesting with this series how every episode is so different. And I don't mean that in a dumb fuck way. Yeah. I mean, like, we finished episode three with Mayor Margot Tony Collette doing her big speech. And I was like, oh, my God, the next episode we're going to be looking into that. She didn't even come up. The structural choice, and I wonder if it comes from the book, but the structural choice to leave characters for entire episodes mm. and then like loop back around to them at the next episode. Brave, man. Is brave. Because but you're I... assuming that people are going to get invested in this. Yeah. That's a, that was a grandiose assumption to make. Bloody nail on the head. But it was. Like that's ballsy as. Like I find it really interesting structurally to be like, we're not going to touch Margot. We're not going to touch this. Like they introduced this... Uh, this wife of the Tatiana. Tatiana, and then they just left her for a full episode. Mm. My question is, do they have a pattern? Is it like, it's not. Well, it seems like there's always an episode that's kind of dedicated to the American and British people, or the people who are in America and the people. Well, that's who are what I, I was going to say is they're an American and a Eastern European. Cause, cause, yes. Cause, but I don't think it is because the British girl intercut. With, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think there is a pattern. I think they're just. Kind of um, because there's so many characters, they're just not trying to touch all of them every episode. There are very, very small crossover points happening. So I'm wondering if they are all going to come together at some point. I don't think so, actually. I have a feeling that how? How are they all going to come together? But um, I think they might intersect. Yeah. I think we might. You seen Babel? Yes. Is that Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Yes. I haven't seen it for a very Me long neither. time. But that was an attempt at a really global, global story where they where different people like different experiences mm. all over the world intersect. Mm. Have but you seen I- Love Actually? <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, you could argue that Babel and Love Actually are in the same genre. Yeah, maybe. Um, there's also another one called Sidewalks of New York. Have you ever seen oh, that? No, but there's a million of them. No, no, no. But just very, very quickly, side note because I haven't thought about that movie until just now. Yeah. Fuck, that's got like the best cast. What is it? It's much like Babel, Love Actually, all these little stories all happening around New York, but they all kind of sort of, it's got Stanley Tucci, Brittany Murphy, Rosario Dawson. Like the cast of Sidewalks of New York is like phenomenal. I want to say Paul Rudd is in it. Maybe. that's fun. Maybe. Do you know the one difference? I think there's two, there's two slightly different genres right Mm. they're slightly different right there's like the vignettes Mm. there's like the lots of short stories intercut and that that touch each other at points almost the pulp fiction structure Mm. in a way love actually is almost closer to a pulp fiction than it is to like a babel or a um 21 grams where the stories are intrinsically linked, although separate. Yes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I know what you're saying. Like there's a bit like love actually is almost like lots of little short stories. Yes. That sort of touch. 
yes. at points. Whereas um, Babel is about how they interact. But what I was trying to say is like Babel, I, I, I haven't watched it in a long time. I'd love to rewatch it. But I always felt like that film didn't quite come together as a whole the way I had hoped it would. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I think it, it makes me go, if you want to go global, if you want to go really like how does someone's life in Africa affect someone's life in America, affect someone's life in Eastern Europe... You can't, like TV is a much better uh, mm-hmm. medium for that because you've got more time to let the stories very slowly kind of yep. seep together. Yeah, definitely. Like I think it like this would have been a movie 20 years ago and actually I think is better for being a series. 100%. I couldn't. 100%. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. I don't know exactly what it is that they're doing, but it's working for me. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I, I don't like uh, I – this is the episode where I went – for the first three, I was like, where is this going? What's this doing? Do I love it? Like, I, you know, there were que- I liked it, but there were like question marks there of like what. This was the episode where I was like, okay, now I'm like, now I'm cool. Hanj sent, yep. Okay. Like now I trust them. Yes. And it can now go like for the first three, I was like, I am holding my judgment until I see where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, they can take it wherever they want. I trust them. I see that they're doing something interesting. They can go wherever they want with it. Yeah. I'm not like. No, I agree this? with you. Yeah. Because it was a good I, ep. Oh, my God. It was a really powerful ep. Yeah. Like, very, very powerful episode of television. Really good exploration of, I wasn't going to go too deep, but like of intersectionality. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, in a really real and interesting sense that like um, just this power, the way it manifests in different cultures Mm. and in different power structures is different. It creates different sort of things and, and everyone's experience is different and it's like, I just think it's a really like, it's in the subtext that this has got some really cool stuff going on. Absolutely. Yeah. How amazing was the scene where that young guy like shot his gun up into the air? In the Arab, the Arab, the um, yeah, Saudi Arabian, Saudi Arabian mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And everyone dropped to the ground except his mother. So yeah. So just for people to, to know, I think I sort of said it with the Arab Spring thing. The there was like an uprising. There was like a woman was beaten. Like in Saudi Arabia, in the story, they they make the power illegal and then there was like an uprising because Mm. a a young girl was beaten for using it and then there was like a sort of a a women marching through the street and just collecting other women to join them and the reporter was there yeah and um and this yeah this guy shot at the crowd and then it was like these men would be coming up and trying to like you know beat them and then another woman would come up and shock them so they'd fall to the ground. It was just incredible. It's mm. a really incredible scene. And the power, I think, the power, the power, <laughs> that's the name of the show, the, the power of the, the mother to mm. sort of go like, I'm your mother, yep. don't do it. Mm-hmm. That it's like, it's about. She said to she goes, what are you doing? Yeah. It was just such a, it was just, it was incredible. She didn't say it like that, like, what are you doing? It was a really powerful scene, like beautifully shot. Like I just I just am really into this show. 
The soundtrack of this show is really cool. It's phenomenal. It might yeah. be one of the best I've ever heard in a television yeah. series. Yeah, because it's it's not the obvious choices. It's like mm-hmm. you know, like I think sometimes with a show like this, if they're doing like jukebox, like they do a few needle drops, particularly mm. at the end of episodes. But sometimes the needle drop is a sc- is a piece from the score, and then other times it's really interesting choices of music. Like it's always like an interesting. Like, yeah, this one was a cover of a Velvet Underground song, yeah. which is, like, very much closer to the realm of, like, an obvious choice, but it's an interesting choice within that, Yeah, like, realm. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. British, you know. It's got mm. a bit of Britishness to it all. It really does. They do the whole Roxy storyline to me. It's obviously very British, but it's just done in that very British way. It's even like the American one is the one I, at points that I struggle with the most because it's so British. Mm. <laughs> like it's like it's weird to hear Americans. Yeah. Even the, yeah. Um, Roxy, I'm really into Roxy. Yeah, Roxy. I know cool. I've said that previously. There's something about the person who's playing Roxy that I really like. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But I think they are so phenomenal at this character. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know how... Um, it's like Skins. Yeah, it's like Skins. Skins always had the truth. I tried to watch Euphoria recently, and part of it is because I'm older. But there is a Maybe. part of it where they're like, they're too sexy. Do you think that we would have liked Euphoria when we were in early 20s? Yeah, Do you think we would have watched it? Because we watched Skins together. 100% we would have watched Euphoria. And look, I, I'm open to Euphoria, but it's like... It, <laughs> Like, they were just, they're all so sexy. Well, yeah, that's the problem. You have to be able to believe that cooking skins is the hottest thing in the world and that everyone wants to fuck him. Because that's what... Because that's what being a teenager is. If you think back about the people that, like, well, if I think back anyway, about, like, all the popular boys in high school. Yeah. When you think about, all they had was a full head of hair and blue eyes. Do you know no, what I mean? They didn't even have that where I'm from. Yeah. They just, literally, they just played football. Yeah, or that. They literally just Whereas played football. Whereas, like, and the thing about Skins is, I mean, Effie was probably a bit of a long shot, but the thing about Skins is is that they all looked like teenagers. Yeah, Effie, Effie looked like a teenager. There was, the, the, Effie, there's one of them. Yeah, that's true. There is one of them. But, like, Euphoria is, is, is 30, Zendayas. 25-year-old Effies. <laughs> yeah. Just 30 Zendayas. 30 Zendayas. <laughs> Just the hottest 20-year-olds imaginable. And they, If there was ever a documentary made about the making of Euphoria, they should call it 30 Zendayas. <laughs> 30 Zendayas. Oh, man. No, I couldn't get into Euphoria. I think it is because I'm too old. It's, it's not for me. You know yeah. what I mean? They didn't make that for me. I, look, I, I I will give it a go at some point, but then, like, I think there's a bit of, like, I don't know. I don't, I, I am perfectly fine with shocking material, but I, um, I don't, I, I, as, I think as I get older, I'm perfectly fine with shocking material mm. to the point that if its main goal is to shock me. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's full on. What's that's the point? That's how I feel about um, like gra- gory horror. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, okay. Like, mm, it just doesn't, I need a build up. It can't, you can't just like, you can't, I've seen Alien now. I've seen the little creature come out of his tum. Yeah. Very full on. 
that, like that, that was a very shocking full on thing for me to see when I was younger. Um, what do you mean when I was younger? I watched it like for the first time a few months ago. Anyway, my point is um, gore and stuff doesn't bother me anymore. And if, if there's a lot of gore purely for the shock value of it. It's not. It's not shocking nah. enough to shock you. Nah. Like I find gore, like I think there needs to be nuance. Is this gore funny? Is it beautiful? Is it full on? Mm-hmm. Is it violent? Does it hurt? Does it, you know, yep. like there's different kinds of, yeah, totally. Mm. Um, but no, I think like I think she's got that r- realness. Effie. No, going back to the power. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I really like Roxy. I thought that storyline was really interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm that scene. It's just so well acted. Cast it perfectly this show. Mm. It does, however, genuinely kind of feel like two different shows in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, in in terms of all the different stories. Yeah, like just, four or five different Like the shows. way that the Roxy story is handled in comparison to the way uh, John Leguizamo, Tony Collette and um, Moana's story, uh, <laughs> it feels different. Like they're shot differently. They feel different. You yeah, know what no, I mean? no, you're not wrong. It's very like uh, it, it, I quite like how different it all is. Mm. But, yeah, in time how they intersect will, I think, play into mm. – as much as I just said the opposite of this, we'll play into like what I think of the whole thing in the end. Yeah. But I quite like that. It feels like a collage. It 100%. feels different and, and like everything has a different energy. It almost has like an Avengers vibe. Mm. Like not in the, but it, in the sense that when that was at its best, every film felt different and then it was fun to see them intersect. Kind of mesh together. You know? Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like I, it's interesting. It's like just, Taylor Swift's. Uh, albums They're all quite different But if you take them all and you mesh them all together It's one cohesive Structure Yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently th- So I've been told I You know Taylor th- Swift's fans are some of the most hardcore people You will ever meet in your entire she life She sicks them on people too Does she? You know, you know Does she? Oh I shouldn't say this She does though <laughs> Sometimes she'll just be like, um, "Go get them." She a little bit. She'll just be like, really? "Oh, oh, this this thing that this person said upset me, and rightfully so." But there's a bit of sicken. <laughs> I gotta be careful when I say that. <laughs> I, no, they're just like her fans. I reckon, arguably, is the most hardcore fandom on the planet. Maybe BTS beats. Beats her. Okay, maybe BTS. But like Taylor Swift fans yeah, they're, they're hardcore. are hardcore. You can't just like her music. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You either have to be completely like indifferent or obsessed with her. I feel like really conflicted because I like a couple of her songs. Yeah, I quite like Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah she's fine, but I can't just think she's fine. You know what no. I mean? And if people are like, but what about this album? If you look into this, this is the secret Easter eggs and the messaging behind I just like the song Coney Island. Like, <laughs> what are the secret Easter eggs? But I don't know. But there's there every like, like her fandom take her interviews that she does, yeah. and like, absolutely dissects them to every second yeah. of what she's trying to tell her audience. And it's like I don't think she's tell. I think no. she knows. Yeah, there's no. I think occasionally she'll drop a hint here and there, but you'll know when it is a hint. People, she named her most recent album Midnight's, right? Yeah. 
It's a fine album. There's like one or two songs I like, but whatever. It's good. Yeah, I think it's, it's like I like the production and I like the songwriting. Yeah, it's fine. And I like it's some fine. of the songs. Yeah. I, it's fine. Um, but people, like after she released the name of her album, people went back to interviews she did three months earlier where she was wearing a ring that was a midnight blue colour. And they were like, that's an Easter egg. That's psycho. That is psycho what you just yeah. did. She didn't do that. She did not put on a ring going, I'm going to... I reckon they're going to read into this. Like, that's mental. Yeah. Like, no offence if you're one of those, like, hardcore Taylor Swift fans. And if you're going to be I a hardcore... I think there's a huge crossover. <laughs> oh, there could be. There could be. There could be... Te- Honestly, they're everywhere. <laughs> like, then they're really full on. Yeah, like, no, it, it's 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 full on. That's, I think, what I meant by the sick and on thing, is that she knows how full on they are. Yeah. And... There are times where she's maybe, I don't know, it would be hard. It's like it's not her responsibility, but also it is. But just imagine being in her position. That would be very, very. Full on. I mean, she's been doing this since she was like 13 or something like that. So she doesn't know any different. But like I can't imagine if you had like people who studied your life, like, like her relationships they like look into every song being about well, do a you know they heard, boyfriend or like they figured out. Like she just wrote a song called Style and they figured out that Style was about Harry Styles. I don't know how they figured that out. <laughs> that, but they through the subtle hit I don't even think she she was just writing a song about an ex-lover yeah. after she broke up with Harry Styles. I've got to say, though, one of my favourite things that you've ever said, and it wasn't that long ago, so I don't know why I'm repeating stuff you've said on the podcast like Whatever. less than a few months ago, was that um, the thing you don't like about, like, that we both like Taylor. We, I feel like we both feel the same way about Taylor Swift. Yeah. I, I, yeah there are songs yeah. we like and whatever. But yeah. you said that like, oh, because I was saying how I love All Too Well, the 10-minute version. The first time I heard that, I was like, that's a fucking sick song. And you're like, it's not my favourite because she tells you exactly everything. There's nothing open to interpretation. And that your favourite line in a Taylor Swift song is sometimes I feel like a uh, sexy baby and you're just a monster on the hill or something like that because it's the most open. And that was the lyric that's thrown all of her fans like, okay, we don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not good. The sexy baby one is not good. No, I just I like... Uh, I don't, yeah, no, totally. But that's not necessarily my opinion. That's Annie, my partner's opinion. My opinion is, no, I agree though. Yeah. I like lyrics that are a little more open. Yeah. Um, and and but I think as well. I mean, she's a fo- folk country musician at her core. That's yeah. the so- sort of music she writes. And when you look at that tradition, when you look at um, yeah, you know, I'm not a big country guy, but Johnny Cash I really like, and and Bob Dylan and. Those those figures and, and um, Jolene, I'm having a mental blank. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. They tell stories. They're yeah. storytellers. And I think it's sometimes just with the pop production, it, it's, it's strange to have this storytelling mm. kind of style of music sitting inside something that usually has much more obtuse lyrics. Yeah. Because I do love storytelling. I yeah. do love that kind of music. Absolutely. Um, like, but just sometimes it, it, it doesn't sit with then where it goes mm. to for me. There's like, there's a, f- a fan of hers that's got a full body tattoo of all of her albums, lyrics, pictures of her. That's full on. Imagine being Taylor Swift. Imagine having someone do a tattoo of you. You would have that. Yeah, I have that a bit, yeah. You have people getting your face tattooed on yeah, them. Yeah, but most of them are like, 
I feel like most of them are like the kinds of people. Oh, that's not, I'm not suggesting that that's psycho. That's quite funny, really. Yeah, no, and I think almost all the Donna tattoos are like, there's other tattoos. It's like they're at the point where they're like, haha, wouldn't this be funny? And it's just in the mix. Yeah. No one's first tattoo is of Zach's face. No. No. No one's doing my face first. (laughs) No one's going, I'm just going to get a picture of Zach's face on my wrist. (laughs) That's so fun. I'm getting two tattoos in the next week. Oh, good for you. I want to start getting tattoos. Yeah, I'm so excited. You're going to get them on your leggies, right? Uh, Yeah, I want to just start with places that I can cover up first. Mm. I want to, like, build up to... I'm just getting a couple. I'm getting. Want to learn my mistakes in a place. Like, you're not seeing under my shorts. Yeah. I kind of get one a year. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now. That's cool. Yeah. And then we'll see what happens. I'll probably stop soon. I don't know. I have a feeling I'm going to end up looking like fucking um, Harry Styles because all his tattoos are just so fucking whacked and out of place. But I like that. I don't oh, know. That's so deliberate though. Of course. I reckon he has like a person that's like mm. does the maths and he's like, yeah, your probably. next tattoo will be three centimetres above your ankle. This will be the perfect distribution that's of tattoos. So funny. That's not true. No, well, Adam Levine, like. I don't know who said it. I don't know if it was you, but someone famously said, um, Adam Levine looks like he walked into a tattoo shop and said, I want tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got, he's got, he's got like California tattooed on his stomach. And I think Grace Jarvis once tattooed, uh, once tweeted, um, Adam Levine has California tattooed on his stomach. Imagine if I like came out of a tattoo shop and had Nary Warren <laughs> tattooed on my tummy. He's like, it's like he's gone, he's gone to one tattoo artist mm. and gone, I, I, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. I can't. I can't beat that. Yeah. Um, this is my favorite. Uh, this is a little uh, Adam Levine meme. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up a meme mm. to show to my friend, which is the least podcasty thing ever. Great. This is from Dara Fay. I saw a TikTok of someone saying, "Well, there you go. This is a chain of credits." I saw a TikTok of someone saying Adam Levine looks like a Chipotle bag, and I can't stop thinking about it. And I'll show you a picture of the Chipotle bag. <laughs> <laughs> Fun little illustrations. It's so funny. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Zach, do you have any final thoughts about episode four? Yeah, I thought it was really beautiful, really powerful. Um, uh, I like this show more when it, goes, when, it, when it goes with the visual and it goes with the big ideas and, and, and it just sort of embraces how big this concept mm-hmm. is and doesn't try to distill it, just goes for it. And this episode is a really great example of that. Absolutely. It might be my favourite episode so far. Yeah. Which is funny because last week I said episode three was my favourite, but I think this one's my new favourite. Just keeps getting better and better. I'm going to give it one and a half Leguistamos. Yeah. There's, there was no leguizamo but like, And also I can't see where he would have slipped in. I think if he had been in this episode or a part of his story was in this episode, I think it may have taken away from the episode a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree with um, that. So I'm going to give it one and a half because he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. That's worth the one and a half in itself. 
Yeah, no, I'm going to give it one and a half as well mm-hmm. because because it was like, yeah, mm. because it was like a breath. Yeah. But the breath is still part of the whole. Yeah. You know, it's not zero John Leguizamo's mm. because, yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening to Leguizamo Rama this week. What an ep. If you, hey, you know what? Let us know what your favourite Taylor Swift song is. On Instagram. Um, uh, mine is Coney Island currently. I really mm, like that song. Mine is probably still Shake It Off. What a great pure piece of pop. Pure pop. Pure, pure piece pop, of pop. Pure piece of pop. Although I haven't listened to her folklore album and I think I would like that. Oh, you would like that. Yeah. That's my favourite album. Yeah, it's folky mm. and stuff. Um, Tom, can you take us away with someone on YouTube doing a cover of Shake It Off? That's what I would like, please. Thank you.